Hey, have you ever been on the job hunt? We are Jobs Across America, connecting you to thousands of jobs you can apply for today. Listen in for new job opportunities and gain practical strategies on how to obtain them. Welcome to another episode of Jobs Across America. I'm Brianna Strobel. And I'm Jean-Paul Renard. And today we're going to be talking about five tips to make yourself indispensable at your workplace. How are you? Um, well, how are you, Brie? It's been a little, uh, we had a little sabbatical there. Was, we did, yeah. yeah. How little... was your time away from the podcasting and work? Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? It was horrible. <laughs> I went to the beach and I was only thinking about our audience. Oh, man, was, that's tough. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> that's huh? tough. I hate it when I have to go to the beach and not work. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's you know, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great topic today. I, I mean, I really love this. Um, you know, I've learned so many lessons in my personal career around these like these five tips that we're going to talk about today. So I'm glad you put this together. Thank you. Yeah, we'll kick it off with um, our first point out of the five tips, which is um, getting paid for your mind. JP, do you want to dive into this and explain what we mean? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's really, really important uh, for people... You know, I know that I've always used this. All right. So let me start by saying that. Right. Um, I, I want to get paid for my brain, not the transactional work that I'm doing, regardless of the work that I'm doing. So I don't really care if I'm uh, in accounting and I'm just doing this transactional job or if I'm in uh, construction and I'm building something with my hands. Uh, so transactional jobs, to define that a little bit, or transactional work is just kind of the monotonous day-to-day tasks that you do yeah. that don't necessarily require any creativity. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or what we may think doesn't require creativity, right? right? So an accountant is entering information into an accounting software, right? Mm-hmm. They're putting things in general ledgers and doing an accounts receivable, accounts payable function. Using that as the example, right? That's transactional work. If you get paid and you're only focused on the transactional work that you're doing, then the value that you potentially have is around just the transaction. Mm -hmm. So unless the transactional work that you're doing is so unique in your skill, right? You're a nuclear physicist and you're the only one who knows how to conduct this transaction or there's few of you, you don't become very valuable. You become valuable with other things that you're doing around getting paid for your mind, your brain. So if you're in these transactional type of roles, don't get stuck in, in thinking that you're just a transactional person. Utilize uh, your brain to potentially go back and say, well, I, I found a, a more efficient way of doing these transactions. I have a new idea on how we can accomplish this. Open up dialogue with colleagues and potential people that you're reporting to about those efficiencies and changes that you can make in business processes. Because people that are working, uh, that you're working for, really appreciate more of the brain of the person than they are the transaction. The transaction they feel like most people can do, yeah. right? That doesn't really make you very indispensable. Right, right. And so some um, everyday practices you can implement with that would be what? Like keeping tabs on yourself. Like every week I have to come up with a new idea. I love that. On how I can make myself more productive or... 
you know, just little challenges like that, set times on it, and that'll uh, that'll keep you on track. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, it, it's going to go to some of the points that we're going to make later on the five tips because they're kind of all interrelated. So all these five points yeah. have interrelationship uh, for sure. But I think that it's a really good point that you make. Like maybe if you're setting some goals for yourself on saying, I want to make sure that I'm finding better, for example, using that as the example is the accounting, finding a better business practice mm-hmm. is something um, and continuing to your part of your education, you know, finding best practices and sharing that with your team leaders. Uh, that would go a long way because now you're really getting paid for your mind. Yeah, yeah. So that moves us into our second point, which is being reliable. I cannot stress how important this is. Yeah, reliability, right? Reliability builds the key functionality of trust, mm-hmm. right? And trust is everything in business relationships, you know? So if, 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 you're, if you're reliable, then you're someone that people can count on. Yeah, reliability i mean you you tell me like when you're working with someone and you have two people and one is ah, i'm not sure how reliable this person is and to another person you say man this person is incredibly reliable when you get a new opportunity who are you going to give that opportunity to the reliable person right so let's define reliability a little bit like what are some practical practices you can be doing to show yourself as reliable and are we being reliable to our coworkers or to our bosses? Who are we talking about here? Okay, so one is certain reliability. If we're talking about exterior reliability to other people, um, it's both, right? Reliability is 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 basically what we would probably call our credit in yeah. our financial report, right? If we're reliable to just our bosses and not our colleagues, then we're not reliable. If we're reliable across the board, right, to our colleagues and to our bosses, then our reputation is of reliability and opportunities will always be provided to us. And that indispensability um, is undisputable, you know? So what can you do to be reliable? I would say like fulfilling tasks to the fullest. Right. Like, okay, I handed you off this uh, this task or, hey, you know, this is more in your department. Can you handle this? And then if they don't come back to you with a product at all, or if they don't come back to you, if they come back to you with the task partially completed, we're talking about reliability being fulfilling tasks to the fullest in a timely fashion. That's right. Consistently. That's right. So meeting timelines yeah. is a big piece of reliability. Like if I hand something off to, to a colleague of mine and I say, look, I need this on Friday at three o'clock and Friday at three o'clock, I, it's sitting on my desk and I got it ready to rock or vice versa. They tell me, Hey, JP, I need this Friday at 3 o'clock. That's reliability. And if you start building that kind of reputation, people can hand stuff off to you and provide you opportunity and walk away and not even think about it because they know you're going to have it done. Yeah. How about being on time? Right. Just being on time, you know, yeah. like being on time and what you're doing is so critical. It's it's uh, it's another piece of reliability that, you know, be being on time is showing, you know, that Oh, I know I can rely on this person every day. Again, it's a it's a matter of building trust. And trust is very, very important in finding new opportunities and being indispensable. Yeah. Yeah, that totally leads us into our third point, which was consistency. Yes. T- timing, being on time to your job is one of the best things you can do under the category of consistency. That's that right. That makes you an indispensable person because I'm sure we all have those coworkers that we see them moping in, you know, late 
all the time and you know they either don't get punished for it or they or they do get fired eventually right. you know we we all have those people in our lives right so not only being on time but also being of a consistent attitude I right would say. yeah that's a great point so they were consistently late that was the only consistency right, right. <laughs> <laughs> or consistently unreliable you know yeah uh, that's not going to lead to a, a, a very healthy relationship between you and your colleagues and you and your employer so Consistency for me is 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 critical. Um, I want to work with with professionals that are not only reliable but are consistently reliable. Yeah. Right. So I think about you know their reliability, their consistency on creating, uh, you know, on on being really good at their tasks, um, and they're consistently trying to reach certain levels of of achievement within their uh, within their scope. Right. Mm-hmm. With what they're doing. So being consistent is the key to being great at anything. Yeah. Right? The more you do something consistently, the better you get at it. I don't yeah. care what it is, whether it's, you know, shooting pool or whether it's a profession that you have. Mm-hmm. The consistency is what really builds those skills and it also it builds relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is what we're talking about. If trying to be indispensable is about trust and it's about building these relationships. And the only way to do that is some of the points that you're making today is getting paid for your mind, being incredibly reliable, and then being consistent in those approaches. Yeah. And going back to my point also on being consistent with your attitude in the workplace, it's so, so important. Like you you said a while back in in a talk we had in the conference room over there, that was... You leave your personal life, you know, at home to an extent where you're not bringing your your depression and your woes or whatever's going on in your life to the workplace. You're bringing a consistent attitude of let's go get this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if people see that every day, they start to trust you more. If your emotion is on this big old up and down roller coaster, people also think that you're going to be on an up and down roller coaster with with their trust yeah so being consistent in attitude also i would say yeah hugely important if if you if you bring an approach that's more communal and less about just yourself um when you're working within a community more than likely you're going to be fairly successful in that environment and so if you're coming in with all of your personal baggage constantly and that's being showed, what it's what it's really what you're really communicating out to the world is that you're more important than everyone else there. And and you know, that's not gonna build a lot of relationships, a lot of constructive relationships. Mm-hmm. So when you're going in and you're trying to be consistent and reliable and paid for your mind, a great point that you're making on putting your personal stuff aside and understanding that you also have a responsibility and attitude for the people around you. Right. Right. And what, what uh, attitude are you bringing to them? Mm-hmm. And are you just more important than they are? Right. Yeah. And, and that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. That's a great way to think about it. Um, kind of switching gears to our fourth point. We have taken, taking advantage of any additional training at work. Yeah. So, you know, even, even just going to your boss and asking, hey, is there any additional training available that could help me in this position or, or suggesting something? You know, I do marketing, but I kind of want to get into the SEO field. You know, hey, do you mind paying for this course, this SEO course? Because I think it's really going to help me do my job better over here. Yes, yes. I, I, yes, I agree with you, uh, Bree. Um, taking advantage of, of additional training, also it becomes cross-functional for a company, 
So if you're trained not only in your marketing skills, but you're trained in a related skill that helps you know enhance your marketing, like SEO training, mm-hmm. you're much more valuable to the organization, right? Because now we go, man, we can either spend more money and, and hire another SEO person, or we can pay Brianna a little bit more money and say, hey, can are you able to add this to your tasks? So not only are you saving money for the company potentially, but you're growing your career and your income as well, mm-hmm. and also becoming indispensable. You're cross-trained. Now, how about the fact that I've heard throughout the years, downsizing. How do I survive downsizing, which could be a whole nother podcast for us to talk about. Yeah. How to survive down downsizing. A way to survive downsizing is to be cross-functional. So if you're working in one department and that whole department goes away, they've outsourced that entire department somewhere and now they're letting go of everybody in that department, but you have an additional skills in other departments, now you potentially have these opportunities that you may not have, that you may not have had because you weren't trained how to do those things. Right. You know? So you got to think about it in those terms as well. Yeah. So if you only know how to do one kind of task... You know, if that if that the need for that task goes away, you're gone type of a deal. It could happen. Right. right? right. I mean, you know how I feel about being great at one thing, that mm-hmm. the importance of that. Right. Yeah. You know, there is an importance of being great at something. Right. Yeah. But there's also you have to have a healthy balance. There's also an importance in rounding out your skill sets by being cross-functional and things that potentially are related to what you're doing, mm-hmm. or maybe even things that you're not. Maybe there's an interest that you have in a different category or field, and you've built that skill, right? Because that cross-functionality makes you potentially indispensable. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. You want to lead us into our last point? Yeah. So the, the last point we have is setting high standards. You know, I'm a really, really big believer of, of that whatever standard you set in your life is the standard that you're going to meet. You know, everybody's standards are different. So wherever you're placing that bar, you're not going to achieve above that bar. You're going to probably just meet the expectation of what you expect from yourself. Yeah. My recommendation in regards to this topic and being indispensable, right, is to be able to set these really high standards for yourself. And your standards should be a lot higher than the standards that a company or a boss or a colleague uh, believes your standard is or what they, because they're going to set their own standards on your behalf, yeah. right? Um, you should always exceed that. You set very, very high standards and you're going to always shoot to meet that standard. If you're shooting to meet a very, very high standard, you're, what's going to happen is you're going to get paid for your mind. You're going to be incredibly reliable. Um, you're going to be incredibly consistent, and you're always going to seek education to be cross-functional. So the standard is, you know, I know we talked about these five points, and we put the standard on the last piece of this, but really, without setting that really high standard for yourself, you're not going to really achieve those those four other points that are critical. It's setting a high standard, and then now you have these four skill sets that you're looking for on, you know, getting paid for your mind and reliability. Um, and consistency, and then, you know, uh, additional education. You yeah, know? yeah, that's great. That really summarizes our points super, super well today. But what what would you say for yourself is a practical example of a standard that you set for yourself? Yeah. Are we talking about just in general, or are there meetable standards that you can set? And, sh- and should we be revisiting them weekly, monthly, whatever it is? Yeah. Like, 
Are my are my standards where they should be? Am I going towards that? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So setting standards for me is about one, knowing what you want. You know, what do you want? Yeah. Whether it be in life or whether it be at the at the job that you're at. Yeah. What are you looking for out of this experience? Right. Right. Because we all kind of walk into situations without knowing what we actually want. Well, what do we want out of that situation? Once we know what we want, we can set objectives. We can set goals. Right now, you're setting your goals and you're writing those down. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. Write things down. Write your goals. Read them every day. Because if you're reading them every day, you're potentially setting your course to go find and meet those goals. Yeah. So your standard, what I do um, is I first try to figure out what is it do I want out of this, out of this relationship? What am I looking for? And now I'm setting my standard. I'm setting my standard on what I'm trying to accomplish based upon what I want. Got it. Yeah, that's a really some really, really good advice on setting standards. So we are out of time for today. It's been another episode of Jobs Across America. I'm Brianna Strobel. And I'm Jean-Paul Renard. And we'll talk to you guys next time.